Focus on Headline. And let's take a look at what major issues are making the headlines today on Focus on Headline. For this, uh, joining us in the studio, the sisters are back, the Sochi sisters in Kwanzawa and Chejihi. Guys, welcome back. Hello. Hello. Hello to you guys. What was that? What happened? We usually, we usually say, say good, good evening. evening like simultaneously, and I don't know where that hello came from both of us. Interesting. It's, it must be, I don't know. Wow. I, I feel like you guys are the only people that are, you know, surprised by all of this. But yeah. uh, good to see you guys again. You guys didn't plan it out. No. Uh, we have some, uh, this was uh, surprising news uh, to start things off here. Some uh, foreign uh, diplomacy news. South Korea uh, forging formal diplomatic ties with Cuba. Uh, this brings an end to decades-long efforts to improve relations with this uh, socialist country. Now, mind you, Cuba has changed a lot. The government has changed a lot. Uh, the country has changed a lot uh, ever since uh, the passing of Fidel Castro, the longtime dictator there. And uh, not to mention Cuba being one of the very few close allies of North Korea. So uh, let's get the latest on this. Right. Uh, it did probably came as a big surprise to many when South Korea announced late Wednesday night that it has established official diplomatic relations with the Republic of Cuba. For one, surprising because we haven't really heard much about any engagement between the two countries that would have hinted towards an upcoming agreement to forge such diplomatic relationship. And another reason being the fact that Cuba is known to be a constant close ally to North Korea, while Seoul and Pyongyang have only been experiencing an increase in tensions in the past months and years. Cuba had officially recognized South Korea in 1949, but ever since Fidel Castro took power in 1959, things went downhill while Cuba and North Korea got closer. The establishment of the new ties between South Korea and Cuba was carried out in the U.S. New York through an exchange of diplomatic notes between the two sides' representatives to the United Nations. Both South Korea and Cuba's foreign ministries released a statement on Wednesday. Here in South Korea, it was late at night, and the reason for that could also be related to North Korea, but we will have more on mm -hmm. uh, the North with tea later on. Now, according to Seoul's foreign ministry, the South Korean government has been continuously making efforts to improve relations with Cuba, to which Cuba has responded, stressing that this is a turning point in bolstering diplomacy with South America. Uh, pundits say that the Yoon Seok-yeol administration has been keeping efforts in establishing this relation with Havana low-key, but these efforts actually date back to around two decades. People-to-people -people exchange had been increasing in recent years, with around 14,000 South Koreans traveling to Cuba each year. That was before the COVID-19 pandemic. Right. And some 1,100 residents of Korean descent live in Cuba today. As of 2022, trade volume between the two countries was 14 million in exports and 7 million in imports. And those are now expected to grow, including on the back of a rise in K-pop fans in Cuba as well. So uh, as follow-up measures, the two sides are to actively make discussions such as on establishing missions in the respective countries. South Korea now has diplomatic ties with 193 countries, and Syria is the only UN member state that the country has no diplomatic relations with, and which is another close friend
president of North Korea. Yeah. So, well, I I forget who I had this discussions with.、Uh, I think it was just last week. But、uh, one of the things that was being mentioned is that Cuba is actually I've never been to Cuba. Uh, but、uh, Cuba is one of the most beautiful places to、mm. visit.、Uh, but the only thing is, because there is no diplomatic relations, then the last week when we were talking about this,、uh, if South Koreans go to Cuba and they lose their passport,、mm. it is a pain. To get that, because there is no embassy over there, and so、mm. they were saying that one of the things that they had to do is somehow contact the the Mexican、uh, embassy, and the Mexican embassy gets the files, and then they send it over to Cuba, and it, it, you're basically stuck there for a really really long time. But it's interesting because Cuba, like I said, has changed so much ever since the passing of Fidel Castro, and the consensus was because、uh, along with I mean, Vietnam is technically a, it's still a communist country, but along with North Korea, there were very, very few that kept it a very isolated. Uh, a dictatorship,、uh, communist country, and Cuba was the other country. But because of the、uh, the proximity, so, so how far it was between North Korea and Cuba, there was not a whole lot of back and forth with them, as you would see with, let's say, with China, what you see with Russia nowadays. But speaking of which, North Korea has yet to react. Uh, to South Korea's establishment of diplomatic relations with Cuba, but the sudden announcement does deal、uh, quite a bit of a blow to Pyongyang, which again has long boasted、uh, brotherly ties with the Caribbean nation.、Uh, Jihee, let's get more on this. Sure. So, like Soa explained、uh, on Wednesday, South Korea established the diplomatic relations with Cuba,、uh, but there's been no response from North Korea yet. But this development is likely to further isolate Pyongyang, which is already facing diplomatic pressure over its nuclear and missile programs. Now, North Korea and Cuba has have maintained diplomatic relations since 1960, and the two allies share anti-U.S.、Uh, and imperialist stances, which has strengthened their bond. Over the years, now in March 1986, former Cuban President Fidel Castro visited North Korea after receiving an invitation、uh, from the late former North Korean leader Kim Il Sung, who is also the grandfather of the current leader Kim Jong Un. And Cuba has maintained a friendly relationship with North Korea, despite the latter facing diplomatic isolation and international condemnation over their nuclear and missile programs. And also in 2018,、uh, when he served as a president of the Council of State, Cuban President Miguel Diaz-Canel or Canel、uh, visited Pyongyang to meet with North Korean leader Kim Jong Un, and the North Korean leader congratulated、uh, the then president for three consecutive days in April. April 2021, when he was elected as the first secretary of the Communist Party of Cuba, and in January, Kim sent a, a message to celebrate the 65th anniversary of the Cuban Revolution, in which he expressed his expectations that the relationship between their two nations will continue to strengthen.、Uh, and the new ambassador of Cuba to North Korea started his duties last month as well. Now, according to reports,、uh, the Yoon Sung-yeol. Uh, administration was discreetly pushing for the establishment establishment of former relations with Cuba.、Uh, this was done taking into account Cuba's longstanding relationship with North Korea, and experts have suggested that while North Korea may not express its displeasure toward. Uh, Cuba overtly, the newly established official ties between、uh, South Korea and Cuba might affect the previous relations between North Korea and Cuba. This is because 
The establishment of formal ties between the two countries occurred at a time when North Korea has declared South Korea as its quote-unquote primary foe. Yeah, and I also do kind of question, like, Will it really have a whole lot of negative impact uh, in the relations between uh, North Korea and Cuba? Uh, it's something that we talked about last Thursday, actually, with our Professor John DeMoya was uh, back when South Korea, North Korea was relatively newly established and they were trying to form as many diplomatic ties as pass- uh, possible. We're talking about uh, last week, we talked about the diplomatic ties established with Kenya and that how led to uh, you know other African countries and things like that. Uh, there was sort of this race to have more diplomatic ties than the other Koreas as to be recognized as the true Korea. Now, this was you know, a long, long time ago, so it really doesn't matter anymore where South Korea clearly has so much more uh, countries which they have diplomatic ties. But North Korea, again, I mean, it, it's, it's more symbolic than anything uh, at this point because they're going to continue to push for this uh, communist idea that the communist, dicta- uh, communist nations are what really leads to flourishing nations, which... They obviously lie about and when Cuba is now opening up uh, to countries like South Korea, which like she said, considers as a primary foe, uh, it doesn't look good. But we're going to stay on with North Korea. And of course, if there's any updates of what kind of remarks we get from Pyongyang in regards to the recent establishment of bilateral ties between Havana and Seoul, uh, we'll update you. But uh, we've been seeing... You know, just waves and waves of uh, cruise missile provocations from North Korea uh, in this new year. It's only been two months now, uh, less than two months now in the new year. Uh, On Wednesday, they said that there was uh, another fresh round of uh, cruise missiles that were fired. And uh, today, the North State Media, KCNA, reported that the latest provocation was a test fire of a new surface-to-sea missile, which North Korean the leader Kim Jong-un was on site to view. So tell us more about this. Right. According to North Korea's Korean Central News Agency on Thursday, the North has test launched a newly developed surface-to-sea missile on Wednesday morning named Padasuri-6. The KCNA said the missile flew for 1,400 seconds, which would be 23 minutes and 20 seconds, over waters of the East Sea and hit a target. It added that leader Kim Jong-un, who over saw the test expressed a big satisfaction of the test results. There were no details on how many missiles were fired. The agency did, however, cite Kim Jong-un as having ordered a strengthened deployment of surface-to-sea missiles in order to fend off the South Korean Navy. He called on stronger defense posture near Yeonpyeong and Pyongyang Islands, claiming South Korean warships are frequently violating the North Korean territorial waters. This is in line with Kim's statement at the Supreme People's Assembly, where he warned if South Korea violates, quote, even 0.001 millimeter of our territorial land, air and waters, it will be considered a war provocation. Kim is obviously rejecting the northern limit line, a maritime demarcation line in the West Sea between the north and south that acts or should act as a military control line. On Thursday, Seoul's Joint Chiefs of Staff, through its spokesperson, made clear the NLL remains, quote, our military's unchanged maritime border, adding that any provocations will be met with firm response and that Seoul will maintain firm readiness. 
The KCNA report came a day after South Korea's military detected the North's firing of multiple cruise missiles off its east coast around 9 a.m. The JCS said that South Korean and U.S. intelligence are analyzing the test. The latest launch marked the fifth one of its kind this year. In the meantime, South Korea joined a multinational donor group uh, that coordinates uh, financial assistance and reconstruction plans for Ukraine. Uh, this is, I believe, a uh, G7-led platform. Uh, this according to the top office earlier today. Jihee, you have more on this? Right. So like you said, the multi-agency donor coordination platform for Ukraine, the MDCP, was established and it's led by the group of seven nations and involves other donor countries, uh, the European Commission, Ukraine and international financial institutions. Now, South Korea, along with the Netherlands, Norway and Sweden, joined the platform during an MDCP steering committee meeting on Wednesday. And this was confirmed by the presidential office's uh, press release. South Korea's presidential office said by joining this MDCP, uh, the country will not only work closely with key nations of the international community, including the G7, but also continue to make efforts so that uh, Korea's experience of, of overcoming the wounds of war and defending liberal democracy and the market economy can contribute to Ukraine's peaceful and democratic reconstruction and recovery. Now, the office also added that uh, by directly participating in consultations among key donor nations, uh, they expect to learn in more detail about developments and trends in Ukraine's reconstruction and recovery process and further expand their businesses' uh, participation opportunities as well. Now, the members of the MDCP are uh, democratic nations that have donated or committed uh, 1 billion U.S. dollars to Ukraine. And South Korea has provided a package of assistance to Ukraine, including the Ukraine Peace and Solidarity Initiative, which was announced during uh, President Yoon Suk-yeol's visit to Kyiv last July. And also, South Korea has committed 300 million uh, U.S. dollars this year and an additional $2 billion over the mid to long term to Ukraine. There was some interesting news that came out uh, yesterday uh, from a Japanese media outlet uh, that uh, there was going to be a potential visit by Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida to Seoul. And the date in which they sort of put out was also interesting because it coincides with a very Big event uh, happening uh, in Seoul as well. However, Seoul denied that there are any preparations underway for such a trip. So, so uh, uh, tell us about this. Sure. Speculations regarding a possible trip by the Japanese leader were raised as Japan's broadcaster Fuji News Network on Wednesday reported that Prime Minister Fumio Kishida is considering a visit to Korea on March 20th for a bilateral summit with President Yoon Suk-yeol, citing government sources. According to the report, the two sides are expected to discuss pending issues, including North Korea. It also referred to South Korea's April general election and that Japan would actively support President Yoon amid the two countries' recently resumed shuttle diplomacy. However, the presidential office in Seoul regarding this report said that there are no discussions underway regarding a visit to Korea by Japan's prime minister. According to a presidential official who spoke to reporters at a closed-door briefing, uh, no relevant actions are currently 
ongoing. Also, eyebrows are being raised regarding the effects of a potential visit by Kishida so close to Korea's elections, as the country will be at a political, politically sensitive time, uh, with a Seoul-Tokyo bilateral summit possibly being controversial at that point, regardless of the results of such a one-on-one. Also, pundits in Japan point out that Kishida is unlikely to visit Korea at that time, given the country's parliamentary schedule. Japan's fiscal year begins in April, and the budget bill will need to be processed in mid to late March, which would make it actually difficult for the prime minister to leave the country. Kishida's approval ratings also remain at record lows at the 20% level, uh, although there was a slight increase, I believe, in January compared to even worse uh, figures in December. So Mm -hmm. that, again, being a reason for why it might not even really help for him to back uh, South Korea's president uh, before the elections. Uh, However, some say a trip cannot be ruled out completely as Seoul is hosting the opening games of the Major League Baseball season next month. I think SJ is very interested in that probably, where the LA Dodgers participate with Japan star hitter Shuhei Otani. And that's why that March 20th date came up in the media, because usually when we talk about speculations that a bilateral summit could happen, we talk about it could happen as early as late March. Yeah, or as, months, yeah. yeah, and this time we have that date. So maybe if a bilateral summit does materialize, President Yoon and his Japanese counterpart would be seen watching the game together between LA Dodgers and the San Diego Padres at Kochok Sky Dome. Yeah, and I read the news uh, when it first came out, uh, the report on the, the Fuji News uh, Network, and uh, you know, Shohei Otani recently signed that record breaking 10-year, $700 million contract with mm. the LA Dodgers. Uh, he, they're coming, and then you have the San Diego Padres, where you have Kim Ha-sung and the newly signed uh, Ko Usak, uh, formerly of the LG Twins. You got two Koreans, and it's, you know, nice South Korea, you know, Japanese players playing in Korea and things like that. But I think there was also a lot of pundits saying that it was, a, it's it's too politically sensitive right now, mm. because given that Japan, right, their economy, you talked about uh, Kishida's very, very low approval rate. Mm. Japan's economy is doing terrible right now. And I think for the first time in 55 years, uh, that's a whole lot of time, uh, you know, Japan does not have the third largest GDP in the world anymore. Uh, Germany overtook Japan because Mm -hmm. Japan's weakening yen, their slow growth, and their economy has just shrunk so much that they've dropped down to number four for the first time in 55 years. And so their economy is bad. And then, of course, you have, uh, you know, a lot of things happening with the the, the medical groups. Uh, You have uh, the the April 10th parliamentary elections coming up. And so for them to watch, although it, it seems really nice to see two leaders watch baseball it seems very nice diplomatically it might not fare well too uh, too much from the citizens or the voters uh to see this uh, but nevertheless speaking of uh visits mm-hmm. president Junseger, who was uh set to actually make a visit to germany and denmark next week decided uh, to delay this uh, scheduled visit. The decision would raise speculation that he wants to concentrate more on the domestic matters, not to mention to appeal to the public in preparation for the upcoming April parliamentary elections. Uh, G, let's get more on this. Sure. So the sudden delay occurred just four days before President Yoon was scheduled to go on a state visit to Germany, uh, which was then supposed to be followed by an official visit to Denmark. Now, it's currently unknown when the visits will be rescheduled, but according to sources, uh, there were several factors that could have influenced this recent decision. 
According to a source close to the government, Yoon has decided to focus on domestic issues such as the economy overall, people's livelihoods, and national security ahead of the April uh, general elections. And this decision also comes amidst a looming strike by doctors who are pr- protesting the government's decision to increase the medical school enrollment quota, as we'll talk about in more detail later on, mm-hmm. as well as North Korea's continued provocations. Now, political insiders have been speculating about the reasons behind the president's decision not to travel overseas, uh, with just under two months to go until the parliamentary elections on April 10th. Some believe that the timing was a key factor, as it would have given opposition parties another reason to criticize Yoon, uh, who's faced many accusations uh, including of spending too much on foreign travel. And additionally, First Lady Kim Goni, uh, who's remained out of the public eye since December after allegations that she has accepted a luxury handbag as a gift in 2022, would have been under renewed scrutiny if she had accompanied the president mm. on this foreign visit. Yeah, and uh, we haven't seen uh, First Lady Kim Goni since the allegations had surfaced, uh, even mm. during the Lunar New Year uh the message, video message, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you usually have uh, both President Yoon and uh, the First Lady. Uh, she, they came out in the Chuseok message, but uh, not for the Lunar New Year. Uh, and uh, which, again, I mean, the number of issues at hand, and it, and it also President Yoon was heavily criticized for a lot of these overseas trips that were happening, which they said didn't really come to uh, any fruition with any kind of tangible results. Uh, but we talked about this other major issue at hand that's been brewing. Uh, for actually, I would have to say about a year now. Uh, but if you can date back to the previous Moon administration, it was also talked about. Uh, the medical community obviously threatening for a collective action. Uh, the then government decided they were going to scrap it. Well, the Yoon administration and their government decided that they were going to raise the medical school admissions quota by 2000, which again uh, led to the medical group's uproar. Um, we have seen uh, throughout the day uh, a number of protests uh, happen in different parts of the country. Hundreds of doctors taking out to the streets to protest against the government's announcement. Uh, so uh, tell us uh, how the protests unfolded today. Right. Uh, as they had warned before, members of the Korean Medical Association, a major lobbying group of doctors here in the country, went on a nationwide protest this Thursday. Doctors urged for the government to withdraw its plan to surge the annual medical school admission quota with concerns of a collapse of the medical system, a decline in the quality of medical education, as well as infringement of public health rights. The government last week had announced to increase the medical school enrollment quota by 2,000 starting next year from the current 3,058 in a bid to tackle the doctor shortage in the country. Doctors of regional branches of KMA protested with pickets and flags and also took off their medical gowns during Mm -hmm. the protests. And uh, let me read out some of the remarks or arguments that were translated 
translated into English.、Uh, one doctor said the government decision was made in a quote sloppy manner without any consideration of the current educational condition at med schools,、uh, adding that it's nothing but a populist policy,、uh, especially ahead of the upcoming April general elections. And then another doctor had argued that there are actually only a small number of nations among the OECD where people have easy access to medical services at a low cost, like here in South Korea. And with that,、uh, this doctor was referring to the government's argument for the hike that the number of doctors per 1,000 people in South Korea is below the OECD average. And、uh, then there was a statement saying that、uh, a shortage in doctors in essential medical fields,、uh, essential medical fields we talked about before,、mm-hmm. that there has been a shortage there because、uh, of some、uh, the risks of, you know, if there are any、uh, accidents happening during surgeries, for instance. So this doctor says that a, sh- a shortage in essential medical fields should be addressed not by raising the number of doctors, but instead by improving、uh, benefits. In insurance, and also by fostering an environment where medical、uh, people in such areas can have a sense of quote unquote duty and pride.、Uh, one more.、Um, Argument we had today during the rallies is that during the 10 year period needed to increase the workforce of doctors, the collapse of medical services, again in essential medical disciplines, would only accelerate. So, and all of these statements came、uh, across the nation today. At 12 30 p.m., a rally took place in the city of Taejeon, at 1 p.m., in Chungcheongbuk-do province, in the city of Ulsan, as well as Jeollabuk-do province. Followed by some 120 doctors participating in protests in Gangwon-do province at 2 p.m. I don't know why they have the exact number, the others not, but、uh, they were in different numbers, but across the nation、right. of、uh, hundreds of doctors, they say. And as we speak,、uh, the Gwangju Jeollanam-do province branch should have started their protests、uh, at 6 p.m.,、uh, which is to be followed by Gyeongsangbuk-do province at 7 and Chungcheongnam-do province at 7:30. Gyeonggi-do province is holding its demonstrations every Wednesday in front of the presidential office in Yongsan, which is why they did, didn't have a separate one today. And the Daegu, Busan, and Incheon branches have just recently launched their emergency response committees, which is why they haven't held a rally this Thursday. And on Saturday, all of the regional branches are planning to gather in the capital Seoul to discuss response measures. Yeah, and I believe、uh, not to mention the Korean Medical Association recently formed their、uh, emergency response、uh, committee, and they're、uh, set to hold a meeting,、uh, their first meeting on Saturday, to make the decision on what to be what's to be done.、Uh, as we continue to talk about some of these responses to the government's、uh, plans to increase the medical school admissions quota,、uh, we're also seeing seniors at、uh, medical schools vowing to take a one-year leave of absence in protest of the government's plan.、Uh, Ji, you have the details of this. Right. So earlier Thursday, fourth-year students at Hallim University's College of Medicine in Chuncheon,、uh, in the Gangwon Province, announced their joint decision to take a one-year leave of absence in protest of the proposed increase in medical school enrollment.、Uh, this becoming the first instance among medical school student groups. Now, the chief of the school's emergency response committee posted a statement on its social media page, saying the decision was made unilaterally by the students. 
Now, while medical circles have shown signs of momentum for collective action across the country, the health ministry on Thursday, the same day, downplayed the possibility of them walking out of school campuses and jobs, uh, saying it judges the likelihood of a full-scale joint action as very low. Now, uh, doctors warn as they protest that an increase in the number of doctors, like uh, earlier said, could lead to a surge in medical demand, exacerbating the financial strain on the national health insurance system as well. And uh, second Vice Minister of Health and Welfare, Pang min said uh, during uh, the press briefing earlier today that the ministry has seen uh, no uh, movements at this point, adding that reports that junior doctors have submitted their resignation uh, could be false news. And uh, he also said the ministry would try to convince students to avert their decisions on applying for the one-year leave uh, all at once, as they also mull prote- protest against the government. Now, we did talk about, again, uh, the, all these different responses coming out, and uh, we've also been seeing just different responses coming from the government as well. And uh, so I know that uh, Chihi did briefly talk about uh, what the second health vice minister, Pang Min-su, said uh, during an earlier press briefing. But uh, tell us a little bit more about some of the other remarks that were coming out. Um, yes, uh, a little bit of this is repetitive, but uh, the government seemed to be downplaying the doctor's strike with the health ministry saying, again, it'll be unlikely that a massive nationwide strike will be realized. Second health vice minister, Pang Min-su, at a briefing this Thursday said that the government would never allow the situation to result in one where a citizen's life and health would be endangered and said the chances of collective action by the medical community is slim, as she mentioned. Uh, the government, however, does have some backup plans in case the protests grow. The health ministry plans to expand remote or telemedicine services uh, and increase physician assistant nurses, also known as PA uh, nurses, if resident doctors and interns take part in the strikes. While the government vowed for consultations with the medical circle, it made clear that the plan to raise the quota will not be modified, neither in scale nor timing. So I believe even if they do have discussions, it would be difficult to narrow their different opinions. Yeah, so I was kind of reading this article and I was trying to figure out what the true message uh, with this is, because you're saying that it's highly likely, unlikely, Mm -hmm. uh, that the doctors and interns and residents will go on with this collective action. Are you saying that there is going to be some sort of deal in place that will appease uh, the medical community? Or are you saying they're bluffing? They're not going to be pulling, uh, you know, they're not going to be conducting any sort of collective uh, actions or strikes or protests, whatever it may be, which could then spark an even huge, bigger fury uh, amongst the medical community. Because again, the decision has not been fully made yet on whether or not they are going to go on to a, a collective action. But if this statement was their way of saying, it's a bluff, we don't believe you're going to be going on strike, then we might actually see uh, potentially a huge strike. And not to mention, uh, there was talks about increasing uh, the admissions quota for nursing uh, colleges and universities Mm -hmm. as well, which I believe the nurses were not a big fan of. And if that leads to nurses walking out, and you're looking at a huge, huge uh, hole in the medical system here in South Korea. Uh, Let's move on here. And Defense Minister and former General Prabowo Subianto uh, seems to have won the country's presidential election over in Indonesia. Uh, We're going to have to wait and see how the issue of installment payment for the development of the K-21 
uh, KF21 uh, will unfold moving forward. As we talked about, there's been uh, talks about uh, stolen information, data, and also them not making payments in time. Uh, but, Chi, let's get more on this. Sure. So, Indonesian Defense Minister and former General uh, Prabowo Subianto has claimed victory in the presidential election over in Indonesia. Now, this comes after unofficial vote counts showed him leading significantly ahead of his rivals. Uh, although the official tally results by the election commission are yet to be released, four pollsters have reported that the former special forces commander has secured about 58% of the votes based on quick count ballots from a sample of voting stations across the country. And Subianto's majority of votes above the threshold of 50% nationwide and uh, 20% in half of the country's provinces means a runoff vote would not be required. And the quick counts are based on actual votes at a sample of polling stations across Indonesia. Now, Subianto was the leading candidate even before the election, and one of the notable aspects of this election is that it has the country's youngest ever electorate, because over half of the voters are either millennials born after 1980 or the Generation Zs uh, born after 1996. And according to analysts, uh, the support uh, given by President Widodo, also known as Jokowi, have, uh, could have played a crucial role in this final decision, who during his tenure, uh, Indonesia has experienced an impressive growth due to his policies, averaging 5% of annual growth, except for the 2020 when the COVID-19 pandemic mm. uh, caused a contraction in the economy. Now, meanwhile, Indonesia remains committed to its joint fighter jet development project with South Korea, and the country has reaffirmed its commitment to continuing cooperation on this project. However, it's unclear how the ongoing probe by intelligence and defense authorities into the allegation of Indonesia Indonesia's uh, overdue payments will unfold after the new president takes office. Yeah, definitely. I, I was trying to look at, speaking of the growing uh, economy in Indonesia, because there's been uh, a lot of these uh, updates on the, the, the biggest GDP, the largest GDP uh, rankings around the world hasn't been updated. Yeah, I can see because I see Japan Yes, third and there. I knew you were going to be very upset <laughs> at the fact that Germany is not number three there. But I think Indonesia came really close to South Korea's. Uh, South Korea is now currently 13th, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, we were once at uh, uh, one of the top 10, right? As high as, I think, number nine. And there was talks about since uh, Russia not being in the G, uh, G8 anymore and there was G7 that uh, South Korea will be included to form a G8, but that's, that's not the case. Uh, but it's interesting. And again, the big thing is regards to the sharing of the, the payments for the KF-21, which has become, sparked a, a huge controversy uh, within uh, the defense sectors here in uh, the both countries there. But nevertheless, guys, I want to thank you very much for coming in today with your report. Stay safe, and uh, we'll see you guys again. Thank you. See you, again. you can listen to Korea Now with me, SJ Lee, by downloading the Arirang Radio application or tune in online by visiting www.arirangradio.com. So make sure you tune in Mondays through Fridays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Korea time.